Go for the pulls and the pools. Go for the oohs and the ahs. Go for the bubbles and the bubbly. Go for the story and the stories. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. What is up, everybody, and welcome into the Philly Sports Power Hour on this Football Friday, and happy December to everybody in Philadelphia. December 1st today, but more importantly, the 49ers come to town in 48 hours. I can't wait. I know you guys can't wait. I think these Philadelphia Eagles players can't wait. And we're going to talk about it all today on this Football Friday. We'll get into the matchup between the Eagles and the Niners. I'll give you my prediction. I'll get your predictions at the end of the show. Also want to talk about those Cowboys pulling out a win last night against the Seattle Seahawks. We'll talk about that. little Flyers talk, losing overtime. We'll take a look around the NFL, see what games we should be paying attention to on Sunday. But a pleasant good morning to everybody. Love seeing my Power Hour crew. I know some people are still strolling in from Birds 365 with Jody Mack and Mark Farzetta running a little bit over today. But it's good to see everybody. Let's get a little roll call for my Power Hour crew on the first day of December. I see Jim G checking in. Wine Niners Wine checking in. And Wine Niners Wine talked about how the Eagles Autism Foundation is selling Stoutland University and Big Dom t-shirts and hoodies. I actually texted Big Dom as soon as I saw that hoodie. I got to get me one. They are turning him into a mascot. And if you know Big Dom, he is not one for publicity. But he's being a good sport here to raise money for, obviously, a good cause the Eagles Autism Foundation. But good morning to you. Good morning, New Jersey Fish and Maniac, the Fandalorian in the house, national media. Everybody's picking the 49ers. We'll talk about it when we get there. Travis Yoder, good morning. G.I. Zoe Sports Radio, already with his prediction for the Eagles. We'll do that at the end of the show. Bobby Murphy, good morning. William Burney with the Dallas Cowboys star in his profile pick. Good morning, William Burney. Twiz, good morning to you. Adams Exploits, what's going on, my friend? And William Burney, Cowboys are trolling today. They are trolling today. I love it. Well, we got the Cowboys next week. Jason A. Team, how are you, my friend? Well, let's take a quick look before we get into our football Friday. I know Wine Niners Wine would be upset with me if I didn't mention the Philadelphia Flyers, but they played the New Jersey Devils last night. Flyers scored two goals. In the final five minutes of that game, one with only 51 seconds left to force an overtime. Flyers put up 47 shots last night. Unfortunately, they lose the game in overtime. But it was an eventful game. Hathaway gets ejected on what I thought was a clean hit. Tortorella lost his mind. Joel Farabee, who's been one of their better players, gets benched last night after only two shifts. This is what I love about Tortorella. He's going to hold you accountable. He don't think you're playing hard. You're going to the bench. Even a guy like Farabee, who's been playing well this season. Then you get Hathaway ejected. You already have a short bench. Tortorella don't care. He sits Farabee down last night. But not a bad game for the Flyers. They get the point, forcing an overtime down two. We've said it before on this show. They're going to play hard. They are definitely going to play hard. They're in Pittsburgh on Saturday. And then moving over to our 76ers, they play the Boston Celtics tonight for the third time already this season. But I know you guys aren't here to talk about Flyers or Sixers or Phillies. It is a football Friday. So let's start it off with those Dallas Cowboys. Here we go. Does that annoy anybody else? I can't stand it. I've been saying it for weeks. I can't stand Dak Prescott coming up to the line of scrimmage. Here we go. So irritating, man. So irritating. 
But the Dallas Cowboys, as nine-point favorites last night, almost lose to the Seattle Seahawks in Jerry's world. Really sloppy game last night. Really sloppy game. 19 penalties, over 250 yards in penalties last night, and not a single punt. First time since the Eagles and the Chiefs in 2021 where there were no punts in an NFL game, only the fifth time in NFL history. But the Seahawks almost pulled it out. Dallas went up early, 17-7. Seahawks kept battling back. At one point, they were up 28-20. Then in the fourth quarter, up 28-27. They end up losing that game 38-35. Give Dallas credit. They came back. They won the game. We're not going to call it luck because, hey, we've done the same things here in Philadelphia where we come back and win football games. But I will tell you this. That Dallas defense was exposed last night. And Deron Bland was taken advantage of by the Seattle Seahawks. The Seahawks absolutely dominated that Dallas Cowboys defense. And you look at this Seahawks offense. That is not a high-powered offense. They've only put up 400 yards two other times this season, and it was against the Washington Commanders, whose defense is atrocious, and the 1-10 Carolina Panthers. Those are the only other times that the Seattle Seahawks have put up 400 yards of offense, and now you could add a third time against them boys. And Deron Bland was exposed last night. And I see William Burney saying, and Bland got another interception, his lead-leading eighth interception. He's a ball hawk, no doubt about it. But he's going to get taken advantage of even more because the Seahawks showed last night. And if you remember, let's go back a few weeks to what the Philadelphia Eagles did to Deron Bland. A.J. Brown had no problems against Deron Bland. And I love all the trolls in the chat. Love it. And good morning to Bridget Tobin. Good morning to Denise Lorada. I see some other people checking in. It's good to see everybody. And I even appreciate my Cowboys and 49ers trolls here because it makes it so much fun. And I just hope and pray that all of you come back here on Monday after the Eagles open up a can of whoop-ass on those San Francisco 49ers. And we'll get into that game shortly. But I just hope you all come back and keep trolling after the game. Because everybody loves to come check in before the games. Just hope I see everybody after. But those Dallas Cowboys definitely got exposed last night on defense. Deron Bland, yeah, he's a ball hawk. He's going to get his interceptions. But he's also going to give up a lot of yards, man. He's going to give up a lot of yards. And you look at this Dallas Cowboys team. I thought it was going to happen again. They have not beaten a team all season with a winning record. They've now won four straight games. In three of those games, they were double-digit favorites against the team. Last night, nine-point favorites. And they almost lost to a winning team. But you look at the records now, Seattle's 6-6. Six and six. So when you look at the standings right now, Cowboys fans, you still have not beaten a team that currently has a winning record. So I think everybody in Dallas needs to just calm down a little bit. And we'll find out in 10 days or however long it is when we play you again on Sunday night. And the Cowboys are going to have extra rest. And the game's in Dallas where they've won 14 straight. But we'll see what them boys do next week. But look at the teams you've beaten. Still now haven't beaten a team that currently has a winning record. But all this talk now, and you got Dak Prescott after the game, I'm writing my own story. Beat a winning team and then come back and talk to us. But this isn't Cowboys week. We'll talk more about them boys next week, which will be a big game in the NFC East standings, especially depending on what happens this week between the Eagles and the Niners. But we'll get into that game in a second. 
Let's take a look around the NFL and some news that's coming out. Well, first of all, former Philadelphia Eagles Zach Ertz and the Arizona Cardinals agree to go their separate ways. So Zach Ertz now needs to clear waivers. And the question that obviously is getting asked, should the Philadelphia Eagles bring in Zach Ertz if he clears waivers? Well, Zach Ertz clearly isn't the same guy he was when he was in Philadelphia. Unbelievable player in Philadelphia. He's getting older. How old is Zach now? 33 years old. So far this season, seven games. He's got 27 catches, 187 yards. Averaging 6.9 yards a catch, which is a big drop-off from what he was doing in Philadelphia. You look at that 2017 season where the Philadelphia Eagles won the Super Bowl, he was averaging 11 yards a catch. In 2018, when he had 116 catches, franchise record, he was averaging 10 yards a catch. So he's taken a big dip. But look, that's Philadelphia Eagles tight end position is banged up, obviously. Does Dallas Goddard play this week? I don't think so. We'll get into the injury report later on when we start to preview the game. You also got Grant Calcaterra out. So... I wouldn't mind them bringing in a guy like Zach Ertz. Great leader. You know what he does for this locker room and the culture. But would you guys, I see you in the chat, would you bring in Zach Ertz for this Super Bowl run? If he clears waivers, because obviously he has to go through waivers first and the Philadelphia Eagles will be at the bottom on the waiver claims. But if no team makes a claim, which I don't think they will, because I don't think they're going to want to take on that contract, that would mean Zach Ertz, just like we're seeing with Shaq Leonard, would have the ability to sign anywhere he wants. Would you make a move for Zach Ertz? And I see Steve Patton saying yes. The Fandalorian would. G.I. Zoe Sports would. The Fandalorian saying he's better than our backup options. I agree with you. Bobby Murphy would make the move. Darlene Harris says, does he have to go to a team that claims him? So the way that would work, Darlene, is if a team claims him, He wouldn't have to play for them if he didn't want to, but then he wouldn't be able to play for another team. But he would forfeit that salary for the remaining of the season. If he says, hey, look, I don't want to play, he would forfeit the remainder of his salary, but they would own his rights. He would not be able to go to another team. But I don't think a team's going to make a claim. I just don't. I think he's owed too much this season, but we will see. Carlos Drew would do it. Adams exploits. Ertz forgets a paycheck for a chance to win this year. Travis Yoder, I guess with Goddard being injury-prone, dynamic prodigy, yes. It seems like all of you guys would, and I'm in agreement with you. I would. You're going to be, if he clears waivers, you're going to be able to get him for cheap. You know he loves Philadelphia. I'm sure he would love to come here. And it's just another weapon. Another weapon that you could add to this team. Not the same guy. Clearly not the same guy he was but he can come up with a big catch in a big moment, and I would do it. For me, I would do it. But I still want to see the Eagles get Shaq Leonard. I still They need the depth at linebacker, and when we start to preview the game against the 49ers after the break later today, that's my major concern is our linebacker position this week. But we'll talk about it. We'll talk about it. But let's take a look around the NFL. Not that many great games this weekend. Clearly, Eagles-Niners is the game of the week. But big game in the 1 o'clock hour, if you're an Eagles fan, to pay attention to. The Detroit Lions on the road in New Orleans. Detroit is a four-point favorite in that game. They're coming off that really tough loss to the Green Bay Packers on Thanksgiving Day. Going up against the New Orleans Saints, who have lost two straight. I think the Lions win that football game. But you just don't know. I mean, in New Orleans, anything can happen. But obviously, if you're an Eagles fan, you're rooting for the Saints here. Lions are 8-3, and three, right on your heels for that number one seed in the NFC. We've talked about it before. Looked like the Lions' remaining schedule was going to be easy or easier than the others, but doesn't look as easy anymore. They're in New Orleans, then they're in Chicago. Chicago's been playing well with Justin Fields. They have a chance. You saw that they almost beat the Lions last week. 
Now that game's in Chicago. Then the Lions have to play the Denver Broncos, one of the hottest teams in the NFL. And then they have two more against Minnesota, still have to play a game in Dallas. So that schedule's not looking as easy to me as it did before, but it would be nice to see the Lions get knocked off by the Saints. Make it a little bit easier for the Philadelphia Eagles to get that number one seed. So that game's at 1 o'clock. Another good game at 1 o'clock on Sunday. You just heard me mention those Denver Broncos who have won five straight. They are on the road in Houston against rookie sensation C.J. Stroud and the Houston Texans. Both teams are 6-5. and five. Both teams are fighting for playoff positioning. Houston's coming off of a tough loss. They are three-point favorites at home against the Broncos. I got to give a lot of credit to Sean Payton and Russell Wilson. After they got absolutely crushed against the Miami Dolphins, giving up 70 points in that game, everybody, we all rode off the Broncos. Oh, man, how much of it was, well, who's the coach now? I'm drawing a blank in New York, who was the coach last year that got fired in Denver. They had all the drama. Hackett, you know, oh, Nathaniel Hackett got blamed for the Denver Broncos, but they're a mess. Russell Wilson is a shell of himself. Well, you got to give credit to Sean Payton, man. He's a good coach, kept that team together, and they look like a good football team. They're playing really good ball. Russell Wilson starting to look like the guy we saw in Seattle, man. So that's a great game. Good coaching. You got Sean Payton and Russell Wilson going up against rookie sensation C.J. Stroud and D'Amico Ryans. And I see Brian Lippicott in the chat saying D'Amico Ryans is going to be a great coach. I agree with you. Loved D'Amico when he was here. Chip Kelly, we hate saying the name Chip Kelly, but he nicknamed him Mufasa, which was a great name for D'Amico. But all around great guy, great player, great linebacker, and has turned into be a really good football coach, was a great defensive coordinator, for the San Francisco 49ers, for all of our Winers fans who are in the house trying to troll, giving you some credit. D'Amico Ryans was a great, great defensive coordinator for the Niners. But that'll be a good game at 1 o'clock. Denver at Houston could really go either way. Houston's a three-point favorite, but don't count out that Broncos team right now. And then we'll skip the Eagles and 49ers for a second in the 4 o'clock hour. Another decent game is Sunday night. You have the Kansas City Chiefs at Lambeau going up against the Green Bay Packers. Packers have won two straight. Big win on Thanksgiving against the Detroit Lions. They're 5-6 and six this season. Jordan Love's playing the best football of his career. Two really good games in a row. Going up against Patrick Mahomes, Andy Reid in Lambeau. Packers are six-point dogs, though, at home. I think Kansas City takes that game. But not a bad game to watch. Always nice to see. Lambeau Field in December. But we'll see if the Packers can knock off the Chiefs to win their third straight. But other than that, not that many good games on Sunday in the NFL. You got the Chargers at New England. How bad are the Patriots? And we've talked about this before. Does Bill Belichick come back next season as the Patriots head coach? I don't think he does. I don't think he does. And if I'm Robert Kraft, I'm talking to him, and I'm telling him, hey, we're going to let you go out with some dignity. You're going to step away. You don't fire him, but you have him step away. You got that game at 1 o'clock. You got the Falcons at the Jets. And let's talk about the Jets for just one second. Whether you are an Aaron Rodgers fan or not, it is insane that he just got his 21-day practice window open. The guy tore his Achilles in week one. And here we are in week 13. And he has a 21-day practice window open. He's cleared for football activities. If you guys follow my other show, the Legal Hands to the Face show, I have Dr. Radcliffe on usually once a week, a surgeon. I asked him earlier in the season, hey, there's some talks that Aaron Rodgers may try to come back this year. He said, no way, no chance. We talked about it again a couple weeks ago. He said he could not believe the recovery that Aaron Rodgers is making. This is 
insane what Aaron Rodgers is doing right now. The fact that this guy has been cleared for football activity 11 weeks after blowing out his Achilles is unheard of. And it's just a shame that the New York Jets coaching staff and upper management kept going back to Zach Wilson, where this doesn't even mean anything now. And Brian Lippincott in the chat nailed it. Why? The Jets are going nowhere. That's what's so frustrating. They had a chance. If the Jets could have just made a move earlier at the quarterback position so that you could have stole maybe a game or two, but instead you kept rolling out Zach Wilson. You kept saying that you had faith in Zach Wilson. Every single person who watches NFL football knew that Zach Wilson sucked at quarterback. We were all saying, why are they doing this? And I think it was simply the fact that Joe Douglas and the New York Jets didn't want to admit how big of a mistake it was taking Zach Wilson at number two in the draft. And they had to keep sticking to their guns saying, oh, no, Zach Wilson, Zach Wilson. Well, look what you've done now. You're sitting here at four and seven and unfortunately wasting maybe one of the coolest comebacks we would have ever seen if Aaron Rodgers was able to come back and this team was still relevant. They're four and seven. Even if they were six and five, they would have had a shot at maybe making this playoff run with Aaron Rodgers. But now, as much as I'd like to see it, as much as I would love to see Aaron Rodgers defy all the odds and come back, you just have to ask yourself, why do it? You got no shot at doing anything this season. So why do it? But Joe Douglas, when he was in Philadelphia, got a lot of credit. But it's starting to look a lot like, hey, that was more Howie Roseman and the Philadelphia Eagles because I don't think Joe Douglas is doing a very good job in New York. Basically, they signed Aaron Rodgers and then let him bring in whoever he wanted to bring in. Kind of ridiculous. Going around the NFL, some other games. You got the Pittsburgh Steelers hosting the Arizona Cardinals. Not a great game. Colts and the Titans. I'm rooting for the Indianapolis Colts. Like Shane Steichen, obviously, was a great offensive coordinator here in Philadelphia. And even though Minshew was only here for a short period of time, it's hard not to root for Minshew mania. So Gardner Minshew's got them winning some football games. Colts are 6-5 and five and have a real shot at making the playoffs. So be watching that game, paying attention to that game. Miami Dolphins are in Washington against the Commanders. You got – we talked about the Broncos and the Texans. That's a really good game. Then you have – the Carolina Panthers against the Tampa Bay Bucks. How bad is the NFC South? Really bad. NFC South now has been bad for a couple of years with those four teams. And then 4 o'clock, in addition to the Philadelphia Eagles, you got the Cleveland Browns and the Los Angeles Rams in L.A. So we'll see what Cleveland can do. Miles Garrett still trying to win Defensive Player of the Year. They dodged a bullet with his injury. But really not that many great games this weekend, unfortunately. But the biggest game of the week, clearly, Philadelphia Eagles, San Francisco 49ers. And we're going to break it all down now because we've been all, all of us, every single person, even our San Francisco 49er trolls here in the chat and all of our Philadelphia Eagles fans, when that schedule came out, every single one of us, looked at the Philadelphia Eagles-San Francisco 49ers matchup, and we couldn't wait. Couldn't wait. And I don't need to remind anybody about all of the trash talking and all of the whining that has been going on since the Eagles absolutely dominated, absolutely dominated the NFC Championship game. And I've said this before. And I'll say it again, all of the whining should have been directed at your head coach. For all of our Niners fans who are here in the chat, all of that whining should have been directed towards Kyle Shanahan. Because it was Kyle Shanahan and his brilliant offensive mind who decided to block 
the best defensive player on the Philadelphia Eagles in Hassan Reddick with a backup tight end. And what happened? Hassan Reddick took out Brock Purdy. Wasn't a fluke injury. Wasn't a hamstring or an ankle. He got knocked out of the game because the brilliant offensive mind, Kyle Shanahan, said, hey, you know what? It'll be a good idea to block Hassan Reddick one-on-one with a backup tight end. So all of the whining and all of the complaining should have been directed towards your head coach. And I absolutely love that the 49ers have continued with the trash talk, have continued to build this game up so much in their heads because it's going to make it that much sweeter when you come into Philadelphia on Sunday with Brock Purdy healthy and lose this football game. And we're going to break down all the matchups and we're going to look at all the stats and all the analytics. And I'll give you guys my prediction at the end of the show and I'll get your predictions at the end of the show. But there's one thing you could throw all the stats out the window, all the analytics out the window. There's one thing that this Philadelphia Eagles team has that the San Francisco 49ers don't. And his name is Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts, who's won 14 straight games against teams with winning records. Jalen Hurts, who's won 27 out of his last 29 regular season games. Jalen Hurts, who dominated in the Super Bowl. And the whining that has come from the San Francisco 49ers, Brock Purdy didn't play defense. Josh Johnson didn't play defense. This Philadelphia Eagles offense dominated your San Francisco 49er defense last year. So what the 49ers did is they went out and they said, oh, man, we can't beat the Eagles. We can't beat the Eagles, so we're going to go and we're going to overpay for one of those Eagles players. And they brought in Javon Hargrave, who's a really good defensive tackle, and he jumped over to the dark side. But Javon Hargrave now, in a game, has to go up against Landon Dickerson and Jason Kelsey. He saw it in practice, but now when it actually means something, let's see what Javon Hargrave does against one of the best centers to ever do it in Jason Kelsey. And when we get back, guys, we are going to look at all of the matchups, all of the stats, all of the analytics. But remember, Niners fans, we have hurts, and you don't. Stay tuned, guys. We'll be right back. If you own a company and you're not producing a podcast, you're missing out. The public consumes messaging when they're ready. Join the professional podcast network of companies and let Jacob Media Partners put you in the podcast arena. Come to our professional studio or we'll come to your place of business and professionally produce your company podcast. Call Jacob Media right now at 267-261-3428. 267-261-3428. My name is Dr. Bruce Grossinger. And I'm the medical director of Philadelphia PRP and Stem Cell Institute. I'm reaching out to those who suffer from spine and joint pain. We use treatment methods that require no surgery, no scalpel, no drugs. Running, walking, or whatever your desires are, Dr. Groshner is where you need to come. You can benefit from the same PRP and stem cell treatment as Wilbert Montgomery. Call us now at 610-222-5675. Any professional sports coach will tell you there's no substitution for preparation. At Malamut & Associates, that is a tenet by which we live. We prepare from day one for victory. Anything less is not acceptable. 
Underdog Fantasy has a way for you to play alongside your favorite football team all season long with their fantasy pick'em game. You pick between two to five players, select whether they'll go higher or lower on one of their stats, then do what you usually do on a Sunday. Watch the games. You can win up to 20 times your money in a single game by going five for five. It's a fantasy game. And the sports betting show wants you to get involved. Go to underdogfantasy.com. When you sign up, use the promo code WIN, and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com. Use the promo code WIN. What's up, everybody? Welcome back into the Philly Sports Power Hour with Bill Calarulo on this Football Friday. And we're about to get into it. We've been waiting all week, really all offseason, since the schedule was announced for this San Francisco 49ers game back in Philadelphia at the link. Been listening to a lot of talk, a lot of whining, a lot of excuses. From this San Francisco 49ers team, fan base, and it's finally here. So let's jump right into it. Let's first take a look at the injury report. And there are a lot of injuries on this Philadelphia Eagles team. A lot. And let me just preface this with, for all those Niners trolls, we don't make excuses in Philadelphia. We're not going to make an excuse for all of these injuries and the fact that we're on a shorter week than you guys are, all of those factors, we're going to throw them out the window. We'll talk about it. They may have impact on this game, but we don't make excuses. We will show up and we will play. And I said this yesterday. I got to say it again. You talk about Kyle Shanahan and even who's the GM now? I'm drawing a, drawing a blank. John Lynch. I lost a lot of respect for both of them this offseason. Because when your players continued to whine and make excuses, none of them stepped in to say, hey, guys, enough is enough. Stop with the whining. Stop with the excuses. You can't tell me if that was the other way around, and that was Philadelphia Eagles players, which, first of all, it wouldn't have been. Because the leaders on this team would not have allowed it. There is no way Jalen Hurts, Jason Kelsey, Brandon Graham, Fletcher Cox, Lane Johnson would have permitted anybody on this team to whine and make excuses the way the 49ers did for the last 10 months. Wouldn't have happened. But if it did, you would have had Nick Sirianni and Howie Roseman in their ear right away saying, shut your mouth. That's not how we do it here in Philadelphia. But that didn't happen in San Francisco. And I lost a lot of respect for Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch and that entire 49ers organization that is still continuing to go on 10 months later. So we're going to look at the injury report, but this is not excuses. This is simply so that we could look at this game analytically. Get me all worked up with these 49ers whiners. Where's Wine Niners Wine in the chat? Best name on YouTube right there. But let's take a look at the injury report. Unfortunately, Grant Calcaterra didn't practice. Dallas Goddard didn't practice. So the Philadelphia Eagles may be without two of their tight ends, their first string tight end and their backup tight end in Grant Calcaterra, which means an increased role for Jack Stoll. And maybe Albert O this week. I know Dallas Goddard's pushing the play. But from everything I'm hearing, the doctors would like him to wait until that Cowboys game. 
And let me say this, guys, as we're looking at this injury report. As much as I want the Philadelphia Eagles to win this football game, as much as all of us want to win, the players, the coaches, the organization, as much as we would love to shut the 49ers up, if it's questionable with any of these injuries, they don't play in this football game. It's just not a must-win for this Eagles team. And we've talked about this. Eagles can lose this game, and they are still in the driver's seat, controlling their own destiny to the number one seed in the NFC. So if it's questionable on whether a guy should play or not, he's probably not going to play in this football game. And I know that doesn't make a lot of fans happy, but that, that is the reality. The Eagles are not going to jeopardize the rest of this season just for this game against the 49ers. And most likely, if things go the way that I think they're going to go, this is only a preview of the NFC Championship game. I'm giving credit to the 49ers. I think they are the second best team in the NFC and maybe the second best team in the entire NFL. I put the Eagles and the 49ers, and I have the Chiefs and the Ravens right there with them. So if it is questionable for any of these guys on the injury report, they will not play in this football game. And I see Eagles fans saying, I just want to win to shut them up. Same here, man. Same here. And you know the Philadelphia Eagles team and organization does as well. But we have our eyes set on bigger goals than just beating the 49ers in week 13. But let's take a look. So no Calcaterra probably. I don't think Dallas Goddard plays in this game. Staying on the offensive side of the ball. A.J. Brown was a limited participant again, but I think he should be able to play. Julio Jones, limited participant, he should be able to play. Devontae Smith and DeAndre Swift, both were limited on Wednesday, had full practices on Thursday, so that's a good sign. But the big question for the Philadelphia Eagles offense is, does Lane Johnson play? And was there any doubt? This guy is an absolute beast, man. Full participant yesterday in practice. Lane Johnson's playing in this game. Best right tackle in the league, in my opinion. Should go to the Hall of Fame one day. He's been that good. But that is big, obviously, with Lane Johnson against this 49ers defensive line who's stacked, and we'll talk about that. But staying with the injury report, here's some of the big injuries on the defensive side of the ball. Fletcher Cox did not practice again second straight day with a groin injury. Fletcher Cox not playing could be a big loss. Zach Cunningham, we talked about him yesterday. The reason the Philadelphia Eagles need Shaq Leonard. But Zach Cunningham did not practice. Doesn't look like he's going to play on Sunday. Those are two big losses for the Philadelphia Eagles. No Fletcher Cox, no Zach Cunningham against a very good 49ers offense. Justin Evans at safety. He's probably not playing again. I'm not as concerned about that. Jordan Davis, limited participant with a hamstring, but I believe he is trending to play, coming off a career high in snaps. And then good news, Milton Williams looks like he's coming back this week from concussion. He was a full participant yesterday. So if they do lose Fletcher Cox, which, which would be a big loss, at least Milton Williams is coming back, who's having a really good season. And then you look at the San Francisco 49ers injury report. Eric Armstead didn't practice again, but he said he's playing. So that's a big one for the, for the San Francisco 49ers. Trent Williams, he just rested earlier in the week. He was a full participant. He should be good to go. Ray-Ray McLeod, their returner, he may not play with a rib injury. Jordan Mason, running back, he has a hamstring. And then they have a couple of safeties on IR. So that may be something the Philadelphia Eagles can take advantage of is the San Francisco 49ers secondary. But let's jump in. Let's look at some of these matchups. I want to start with the San Francisco offense versus this Philadelphia Eagles defense. And you look at the numbers, you look at the stats, and you would say that the advantage has to go to the San Francisco 49ers. And not afraid to admit it, 
doesn't mean that this Eagles defense can't show up like they did against the Miami Dolphins and shut them down. They have the capability of doing that if they can generate pressure on Brock Purdy like they did in the NFC Championship game. Little reminder for you Niners fans, if you didn't know, the Eagles won the NFC Championship game by knocking out two of your quarterbacks. Just a reminder. But you look at this Eagles defense against this San Francisco offense, and statistically, and you look at the matchups, the advantage goes to the 49ers offense. 49ers offense has been good all season. Number three in the NFL in yards per game. They're putting up 386 a game. It's amazing. They are tied with the Philadelphia Eagles for number three in the league, putting up 28.2 points per game. Both teams have put up the exact same amount of points this season. They're eighth in the league in passing, 250 a game. Seventh in the league in rushing, putting up 136 a game. Third in turnovers. They do not turn the ball over a lot. Only committed 10 turnovers. Six interceptions, four fumbles. It will not be easy to create turnovers this week. And they don't give up a lot of sacks. Brock Purdy only been sacked 21 times this season. That's tied for the fourth best in the league. They've been good on third down, they've been good on fourth down, and they've been good in the red zone. This Niners offense is top 10 in every single offensive category. Everyone. And you look at this Philadelphia Eagles defense, they have struggled at times this season. We talked about it earlier this week on this show, where I've said, look, I know a lot of people are concerned about Brian Johnson's play calling, but my concerns are not with our offense. Our offense is doing just fine, in my opinion. It's the defense where I would put my concerns on this Eagles team. That is the one question mark. When I look at this team, and we always look at everything as Eagles fans now through the lens of, can they win a Lombardi trophy? That is our standard. I actually said that to my fiance last night, that it's amazing you look at these other teams, and a lot of teams are just fighting to make the playoffs. But as Eagles fans, it's hard for us sometimes to enjoy what we're watching, enjoy this 10-1 start, enjoy how amazing of a clip this team is winning games because all we are focused on is the Lombardi Trophy. And I get it. That's what I want too. That's what we all want. That's what, what these Eagles players want. So that's the one question that I have in my mind is this defense good enough to win a Lombardi trophy. And this will be a big test on Sunday. Unfortunately, Eagles won't be 100%. You're not going to have your starting linebacker in Zach Cunningham. You may not have all-pro defensive tackle Fletcher Cox, who's having a great season, playing over 70% of the snaps this year before he got hurt last week. But you look at this Eagles defense, they're in the bottom of a lot of categories. 19th in the league, giving up 341 yards a game. 20th in the league, giving up 22.4 points per game. And this is where they've really struggled. 29th in the NFL, giving up 256 in the air. They've been good against the run. Top three, 85 yards against, which is top three. But before that Chiefs game, they were number one, giving up only 65. Chiefs put up 170. The Bills put up 180. A majority of that was Josh Allen's legs. Brock Purdy doesn't run like Josh Allen. But you look at this Eagles defense, they got to get that running game or that running defense back to where it was a couple of weeks ago. They need to figure out a way to shut down this San Francisco 49ers rushing attack. They're 18th in the league in takeaways. They only have 14 this year. They're 11th in sacks with 32. And they've been really bad. We talked about this earlier on the week. If you follow me at Legal Hands to the Face, you know I talk about third down efficiency a lot. Eagles have been 30th on third down on defense. I also talk about red zone. They're 29th in the red zone. So you look at this San Francisco offense 
and compare it to this Philadelphia Eagles defense. And I always like to look at three things. Turnovers, third down efficiency, and red zone efficiency. If you follow this show, if you follow me at Legal Hands of the Face on Instagram, those three things will usually dictate who wins the football game. Usually. Philadelphia Eagles lost a turnover battle and lost on third down against the Bills, but were able to win. Because when you have Jalen Hurts, you could throw these stats out the window at times. But those are the three things I like to look at. And you just look at the San Francisco offense versus the Philadelphia Eagles defense, and you give the advantage to San Francisco in all three of those areas. They're number three in turnovers, only with 10. And the Eagles defense hasn't had a lot of takeaways this year, 18th in the league. So the turnover battle, offense versus defense, you'd give it to San Francisco offense. Third down efficiency. San Francisco's number five in the NFL on third down. Eagles defense, 30th in the NFL on third down. Got to give the advantage to the San Francisco 49ers. And then you look at the red zone. San Francisco, number seven in the red zone. Philadelphia Eagles defense, 29th in the red zone. That is why I'm giving the advantage to the San Francisco offense over this Eagles defense. But it doesn't mean that this Eagles defense can't come out with a chip on its shoulder after all the trash talking that was done and get after Brock Purdy. If they can create pressure and the Eagles offense, which we'll talk about in a second, can come out to an early lead, this defense can shut down the 49ers. It's possible. It's going to be tough without your linebacker. We have to hope that the 49ers aren't able to take advantage of that mismatch with the Eagles linebacker position. And I see a lot of people in the chat talking about the weather. The weather could be a factor. But the weather sometimes, wind really affects a passing game. Wind, obviously. But sometimes the rain doesn't impact it as much as you think. I mean, just look at what the Buffalo Bills did. It was raining in that game. Buffalo Bills still were able to put up a ton of yards through the air. Sometimes bad weather can almost help the offense because the wide receiver or the running back who's running the route knows where he's going. He knows where the route is going to end up. Your defensive back doesn't. So it's a little bit harder sometimes to react to movement when it's bad weather than it is to know where you're going to be able to keep your feet underneath of you. So sometimes weather can have the opposite effect where it helps the offense, not the defense. But I'm giving the offense for San Francisco the advantage over the defense for the Eagles. But let's switch over to the other side of the ball. Let's look at this Philadelphia Eagles offense versus the San Francisco defense. And I'll tell you right from the gate, I'm giving the advantage to the Philadelphia Eagles offense because of Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts will find a way. There is no one in this league that can shut down this offense for four quarters. You're not going to be able to do it. And the Eagles offense, we went over these numbers earlier in the week. They're in the top 10 of a lot of categories. Yards per game, putting up 364. Points per game, they're tied with the Niners for number three at 28.2. They're right outside the top 10 in passing yards at 231. That's 13th in the league. They're number eight in rushing yards at 133. And you talk about third down and red zone. Eagles have been really good on third down. Third in the NFL. They've been really good in the red zone. Top five now in the NFL and number one since week six. One area, though, that this Eagles offense has struggled and they have to do a better job of it on Sunday, is protecting the football. 16 turnovers already this season for this Eagles offense. That's 18th in the league. And they're giving up a lot of sacks, 29 sacks. Got to protect the football, have to protect Jalen Hurts this week. And I really think if they can establish the run early, like they did in the second half against the Buffalo Bills, it will go a long way to leading this team to victory because you look at this 49ers defense and they're very good. Top five in yards against, 
Number one in points against, only giving up 15 and a half points. Number 12 against the pass. Number two against the run, 82 yards. Number two in takeaways. They got 21 takeaways this year. Top 10 in sacks with 33. They've been good on third down. They've been good on in the red zone. Hold on. I misspoke. They've been good in the red zone. They haven't been that great on third down. They are 21st on third down defense, but there hasn't been that many opportunities against them either on third down, which is interesting when you look at the stats. But I give the advantage to the Philadelphia Eagles for a couple of reasons. One is Jalen Hurts. I started with that. But two, and I mentioned this, I believe, yesterday on the show, you look at this San Francisco 49ers defense. As good as they look on paper, look at who they have played. They have eight wins, and only one of the teams they've beaten have an offense that's in the top 13 in the league, and that's the Dallas Cowboys. Only one offense that they have played, that they have beaten, has a rushing offense in the top 10, and that's the Arizona Cardinals. And only one offense that they've beaten has a top 10 offense in terms of points. Well, the Philadelphia Eagles are in the top 10 of all of those categories. Yards, rushing, points. So now let's see how good that 49ers defense can be. And I think the key is to establish the run early. And we've talked about it on this show before. This is not the NFL of the 90s. I'm not saying to run the ball 50 damn times. But what I'm saying is to commit to the run early. You need to slow down this 49ers really good pass rush on defense. You can't let Bosa and Chase Young and Javon Hargrave and Eric Armstead pin their ears back and come after Hurts every single play. You have to keep them guessing a little bit. So hopefully, Brian Johnson, Nick Sirianni, come out Establish the run early. Run some play action passes. Keep them guessing. And Fred Warner, linebacker for the Niners, one of the best in the league. Make him have to play the run. Don't allow him to know that he's dropping back in coverage on every single play. You have to mix it up. You have to be balanced this week. And I was just giving you stats of teams they've played and I gave you some offensive stats, you also look at the San Francisco offense. Even though I'm giving them the advantage over the Eagles' defense, they've only beaten one team that was in the top 15 in yards against, and that was Dallas. So 49ers have not really been tested in any of their wins, and we know they lost three straight games. And I I can't even tell you the last time Jalen Hurts lost three straight games. He lost two straight back in 2021, I believe. But I don't know when he lost three straight. So you look at these matchups. I'm giving both offenses the advantage over the other defense. If you just look at the defenses on paper, advantage goes to the San Francisco 49ers, especially with how banged up this Eagles defense is. And they have not been very good against the pass. So I'm giving the advantage to the San Francisco defense if you're putting it straight up against the Eagles defense. But the good news is the defenses don't play each other. That San Francisco 49ers defense has to play the Philadelphia Eagles offense. And I think this Eagles offense is going to be ready for this game. Thankfully, Lane Johnson's back, or it looks like he will be back. So I think this offensive line as good as the 49ers defensive line is, I think this Eagles offensive line can do what we need to do. Establish the run. Let them hit those defensive linemen. Don't have them dropping back, getting hit. Let them deliver the blow. And something that could be a factor this Sunday, as I talk to you about third down and red zone and turnovers, well, what we didn't talk about is fourth down. And you look at this Philadelphia Eagles offense, they are number one in the NFL 
converting on fourth down close to 77% of the time. And the reason they're so damn good is because of that brotherly shove. And I know there's a lot of people out there who want to try to outlaw it. You can't outlaw Jason Kelsey and Jalen Hurts. That's why that's so successful. And you saw it last night. Dallas Cowboys, Seattle Seahawks. Seattle tried to go for it on a fourth and one and could not convert. Fourth and short could be a major factor in this game. And I'm really looking forward to seeing the brotherly shove going up against Nick Bosa and Javon Hargrave and Chase Young because no one can stop it. But guys, we are running out of time here on the Power Hour, so I need everybody's predictions in the chat. I'm going to give you my prediction right now. There are so many reasons to believe that the Eagles should lose this game. They're on shorter rest than the Niners. Niners had a 10-day rest. Eagles just played an overtime game where their defensive players, some of them played career highs in snaps. They were on the field for 95 plays. Eagles have injuries to their linebacker, their defensive tackle, Fletcher Cox. It's hard to keep winning in this league. Eagles have won five straight, four of those against teams with winning records. We went over the stats. San Francisco offense should have the advantage over the Eagles defense. There's all of these reasons where you could look at it analytically and say, Eagles are going to lose. But you could throw out all the analytics. And all the stats, because there's something on this Eagles team that you cannot quantify. And that is Jalen Hurts and this team's ability to win football games no matter what. And that is why, even with all of these factors, I can't pick against Philadelphia Eagles. Because they don't lose. I have the Philadelphia Eagles winning a close game. I think this will be a very good game. 27-24 Philadelphia Eagles improving their record to 11-1 and and getting one step closer to locking up that number one seed in the NFC. And hopefully, we'll see the 49ers again come January. And I see everybody checking in in the chat, loving the predictions. We got Kevin Savard, 35-28 Eagles. Eagles fan, 27-23. Wine Niners, wine, 31-7. Little reminder of what happened in the NFC Championship game. 26-20, Philly Oz has the birds. What else we got in the chat? Jared Ford, 28-13, Eagles win. I think if they limit CMC and force Birdie to throw more. Yeah, and let me say this as we're going out the door. Eagles need to get the lead early. We cannot afford to fall behind like we have the last four games in a row going down at halftime. I think this Philadelphia Eagles team needs to get the lead and play with the lead. Those 49ers seem to play a lot better as front runners, not when they're trying to battle back. So I think that will be key, but we will break it all down. Guys, make sure you check out all of the Jacob Sports game day shows right here on the Jacob Sports Network. I will be on the pregame show with Mark Farzetta, Seth Joyner, John McMullen. We do the halftime show, me, Farzi, John McMullen, Kayla Santiago, and then the postgame show with Mikey Miss, Seth Joyner, Farzi, Kayla, John McMullen. So be sure, make sure you're subscribed to the Jacob Sports Network. Go ahead, hit that like button. And we're running out of time, but I have to end the show like we do every day with a little Today in Sports History. And today, December 1st, 1928, was the first time the proposal was made for Major League Baseball to implement the DH. Interestingly, the National League voted in favor. American League didn't, and it didn't get passed in 1928. didn't get passed until, I believe, the 60s or 70s. But it was today in 1928 that it was first proposed. But guys, I appreciate all of you. Hit that like button. Hit that share button. I will be posting Eagles content all weekend long like I do every single day at Legal Hands to the Face on Instagram, at Bill Calarulo on Twitter. So make sure you're following me there. Can't wait to come back here Monday morning and see all you 49ers trolls. You better be back, win or lose, because we're going to have a lot to talk about on Monday. Have a great weekend, everybody. 
And as always, go birds. Go for the polls and the pools. Go for the ooze and the odds. Go for the bubbles and the bubbly. Go for the story and the stories. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com.